So um, I've talked before about uh, the holidays, I guess you call them holidays, that I took on my uncle's farm growing up. Um, it, was, it wasn't actually my uncle, it was my dad's cousin. Um, owned a family farm that my, my dad had holidayed on when his uncle owned it. Uh, it's sort of been the, in, the, in the family for generations and generations. And Anyway, when I was a kid, my dad would take my brother and I down to Uncle Ian's farm. We'd go down once or twice a year, usually primarily um, to pick up scraps of, of wood for our fire. We'd take a trailer down there and, and, and fill it with, uh, with old logs and, and such like that for the fire. But for my brother and I, trips to Uncle Ian's farm were just a massive adventure because they're awesome. Um, because there was, uh, you know, there were there were old sheds to explore. We could ride in the back of a ute. Um, there was all sorts of stuff to do down there, you know, playing the mud and, and these sort of things that when you're a kid is just the best thing in the world. But one of the things that we really loved to do um, was to go out with Uncle Ian and herd the sheep. Um, and uh, the sheep would all be in one paddock and Uncle Ian would open uh, a gate in the corner of the paddock and explain that we had to get the sheep from this paddock into the next paddock. So my brother and I, Uncle Ian, would sit on the bonnet of his ute and watch. He knew it was going to happen, right? He'd sit in the bonnet of the ute with my dad. So my brother and I would head off. We'd run at the sheep. And of course the sheep would go this way. So then we'd run around that way. And we'd try and be like little human sheepdogs, right? And we'd try and herd these sheep and, you know, get them. But if we ran this way, they'd run that way. You know, we'd run that way, they'd go this way. Then we think, well, we'd go straight at them and then they'd split into two and just a disaster. And this would go on. It felt like us for half an hour. It was probably only five minutes, right? Um, until we were completely exhausted. Because a big, big paddock, right? Um, until we were completely exhausted and could do it no more and we would stagger back to the ute. We would admit failure. And Uncle Ian, who was not a particularly fit-looking guy, would go, all right, my turn. And he would walk through the now sheep, which were all over the place now because we'd scared them witless. He would walk up to the gate. He would turn around. He would give one loud shout and the sheep would just all walk toward him and walk through the gate like that. He never ran a step. He didn't yell and scream and wave his arms or anything. He just gave one short shout and the sheep responded and knew exactly where they had to go. And he would just look at my brother and I, smile. He'd had his fun for the day. But of course, you know what the difference was? The sheep knew his voice. The sheep knew his voice. We're starting a new series today that we're going to call Powerful Prayers. Prayer is such an important part of the Christian life. And, and everyone knows that Christians pray, or at least Christians are kind of supposed to pray. Um, we're going to talk in this series not so much about how we pray, but about what we pray. Because the truth is that for most Christian people, for, even for most people who kind of aren't Christian but want to do the prayer thing, most of our prayers begin with these two words, give me. Most of our prayers are about give me. We don't actually pray give me, but, but that's really the theme of our prayers. When we pray about you know, God, would you give me a new job? God, would you improve my health? Give me success in my exams. Uh, Lord, I want a boyfriend. 
I need more money. I need, you know, however we pray, really our prayers are about give me. And sometimes we pray give me for me. Sometimes we pray give me for other people we love. You know, I'm, I'm praying for my parents or I'm praying for a child or I'm praying for a friend at school. But we're still really praying give me. And in this series, we want to explore the fact that there is so much more to prayer and there is so much more power to be discovered in prayer beyond simply praying, give me. So in this series, I want to uh, introduce you to three prayers, three different prayers beyond give me. Three prayers that have the power to change your life and that have the power to change the world around you. And the first of those prayers that we're going to explore today is this prayer. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. There's something really powerful that happens when people stop talking to God, stop telling God what they want, and they start listening. And they start asking God what he wants. Jesus talks about the power of listening to God and he says it's like the relationship between a shepherd and their sheep. This is from uh, John chapter 10. I'm going to read a few verses. I'm going to start right at the top in verse 2. John chapter 10 verse 2. <clears throat> the one who enters the gate, uh, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And man, that's my brother and I learned that the hard way, didn't we? Let's skip down to verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Uh, he talks on a little bit more about this and he wraps it up in verse 27. Uh, John 10, 27, uh, when Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I think it's a really beautiful picture of the way that Jesus knows us and the way that he cares for us. Jesus describes himself as a shepherd. In this, in this sort of story, where the sheep, Jesus is the shepherd. He describes himself as a shepherd, not just any shepherd, but a good shepherd. A good shepherd that really knows and cares for his sheep. And the sheep, in turn, learn to know the voice of the shepherd. 
Jesus is painting a picture of the way that he sees you and the way that he hopes that you will see him. And learning to pray, God, speak to me, is incredibly powerful because praying God speak to me is a way of saying, God, I trust you. You know, it's a way of saying, I want to hear what you want to say to me. It's a way of, it's a way of praying uh, that recognises that this isn't all about me, it's actually all about God. It's what Jesus meant when he taught in what we call the Lord's Prayer, um, uh, Father, your will be done. You know the little line in the Lord's Prayer? It's in Matthew 6, if you want, if you want to go read it up. He says that, that we, sh we should pray each day, your will be done. It's not about me, it's about God. I mean, when you think about it, the sheep don't come to the shepherd and say, hey, shepherd, this is where we want to go. You know, the sheep don't make a petition and say to the shepherd, hey, that grass looks good over there. We'd like to go over there today. The sheep listen to the shepherd and they follow the shepherd because innately in their little sheep's brains, they know that the shepherd knows what's best for them. At least in this analogy, that's, that's the kind of picture that Jesus wants us to get, that we as, we as the, the sheep in this picture would look to the shepherd and that we would trust the shepherd the way that sheep trust the shepherd and, and that we would follow the voice of the shepherd. When we pray, speak to me, Lord, when we pray, God, speak to me, we set aside our own agenda and we invite God's agenda into our lives. It's a radically different way of praying. It, it, it changes prayer from being, I've got in my mind the idea of the way I want the world to be and I'm going to ask God to make the world the way that I want it to be. And it flips that completely on its head. And it says, God, what do you want for the world? What do you want for my world? What do you want for me now all listen. We stop asking God to do what we want and we start asking God what he wants. We stop praying, God, give me, and we start praying, God, speak to me. And just to be clear, I'm not talking about, God, what should I wear today and what should I eat for breakfast? Um, there's no evidence that Jesus or the early church ever did anything like that. So don't do that. That's just weird, right? Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm talking about asking God to speak to you with questions, with questions in prayer like, who do I need to talk to today? Who do I need to reach out to today? What kind of encouragement, God, do I need to give to someone today? Where do I need to serve and to give today? God, how can I show love to people in the place that I'm going today? God, how can I be your servant at school today? God, show me how I can love on the kids that I'll be teaching today. 
God, who do I need to encourage at work today? God, is there a person that I need to text or call or catch up with today? That's what it means to pray, God, speak to me. Because the question for lots of us is, well, how do you hear God's voice? It's all fine to say, God, speak to me. But, but you know, over the years, I, I've come across a lot of people who've said, well, God doesn't seem to speak to me. And it's kind of awkward to say this, but, but sometimes I wonder if the problem's not so much that God doesn't speak, but the problem is that we don't listen so well. Because listening to God isn't a once-off thing, you know what I mean? It's not something you just do in an emergency. It's not something you just do when you face a big life decision. Should I take this job? Should I marry this person? Should I, you know, should I go here? Should I buy this house? Those sort of things. Praying speak to me and hearing the voice of God is something that happens daily. It's a daily habit, if you like. I mean, the sheep didn't follow my Uncle Ian's voice because he said some magic words. He didn't yell it at, at just the right pitch or at just the right volume. He wasn't some kind of magic sheep whisperer. He'd simply call them every day. That was the difference between him and us. He would call them every day. And so they'd grown to hear and to recognise his voice because it was a daily interaction. It was a daily relationship. I grew up when phones were on the wall. <laughs> right? That's how old I am. They went in their pocket. Phones used to be on the wall. And get this, get this for the teenagers in the room. There used to be one phone for the entire family, right? <laughs> one number. And when the phone would ring, I know, it's, how, do, how, do we, how do we actually survive? There was one phone on the wall in a public place, usually in a hallway in the house. There was one number. And so when the phone would ring, you had no idea who it was. In fact, you didn't even know who it was for. So the phone would ring. The phone would ring. And you would rush to try and get the phone in case it was for you. And you would pick up the phone with absolutely no idea who was on the other end. It was brilliant. And you would say, hello, this is Matt. And it could be, some, it could be one of your friends. It could be one of, could be one of my brother's friends. But it could be some guy that my dad knows that I've never met before in my life, right? And so you'd pick up the phone and you would sort of say, hi. And, and in those you would actually have to begin a phone call by saying, hi, this is Matt speaking. Or, or often, you'd actually even have to give your surname. You'd have to say, hi, this is Matt Sar speaking. Because you couldn't just say, you know, hi, this is Matt. Because who would that be? But of course, that didn't always happen, did it? Because sometimes you pick up the phone and when someone just said g'day, you recognised their voice. You know, if it were your boyfriend or girlfriend or your best mate or just someone who rang your house light, maybe it was your grandparent or something, you just knew their voice. 
If my brother's girlfriend rang, I could pick up the phone. And as soon as she spoke, I could just go, Ben's for you, right? Because I recognised her voice. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. And you recognise their voice simply because you heard the voice regularly enough. You know what I'm saying? There was nothing magic. There was like, you, didn't have to go, you didn't have to go to a course to find out how to recognise someone's voice. You didn't read a book to learn how to recognise someone's voice. It only happened because you picked up the phone enough and you heard their voice on the end of the phone enough that you just knew what it sounded like. That's how it is with hearing the voice of God. It just comes... It's almost like a trial and error thing, you know? You pray God speak to me. You hear something, just a, you know, a, a thought in your mind, an inner voice. You act on that and then you learn by acting on it. Sometimes you act on it and you go, well, that wasn't God. It was just something funny I ate the night before, you know. But sometimes you, you hear a voice, you hear a nudge, call this person, do that, love on this person. And you do it and you go, that was the voice of God. And you just learn over time to recognise, just like on the end of the phone, you just learn to recognise that's God speaking to me. And as you learn to recognise the voice of the caring shepherd, as you pray, God speak to me, you open yourself to the life-changing power of the word of God in your life. Because when you think about it, the stories that fill our Bible, the history of our world, the short history of this church, they're full of stories of people whose lives have been changed by praying, God, speak to me. I mean, the truth is, we wouldn't be sitting here today, this small church wouldn't exist if people hadn't prayed, God, speak to me. When we pray, God, speak to me, it, it opens us up to the power and the presence of God in our lives in a way that praying, God, give me, never will. When we pray, God, speak to me, it invites God to use us and to do things through us that can change our lives and the lives of people around us in crazy ways. And I say crazy ways because I've seen that in my life. Some of you sitting here, you've seen that in your lives. Like you know what that is. When we pray, God, speak to me, it... It orientates our lives in a way that says, my life isn't just about me and my agenda, that actually I'm here to serve God and his agenda. And ultimately, when we pray, God, speak to me, we're praying a prayer that says, God, I trust you. I want to hear what it is that you have to say because I know that you are my good shepherd. That you care for me, that you love me. And as Jesus said in John 10, 
the good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. 